Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 329. And tonight, we are still surprisingly on schedule. We are recapping Welcome to Night Bell number 213, Murals. Though I say we're on schedule, I mean, Murals came out uh, at the time of this recording like five days ago. So, yeah. you know, on schedule as much as we can hope for. On our own schedule. So first up, they actually talked about the Night Vale European tour. Wouldn't it be awesome to just go to Europe and then just go see a Night Vale show? It would be, be amazing. It would be great. It would be a lovely combination of familiar and completely foreign. Yeah. So we start the episode. I like how the episode started with Cecil going, what's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Oh, it's the toner cartridges I ordered. Mm. Yeah, typical. <laughs> so Cecil has an announcement. City Council has paid an artist to come in and create all these new murals for Night Vale, and I think it's to increase tourism. Um, they made the announcement out of a storm drain near the Panda Express, and apparently they did that because they were hoping nobody would hear, but then somebody did hear, so now it's a law. So mm. I'm not sure what City Council's original goal was, but they have hired this anonymous artist called, and Cecil has to look this up, Banksy, and no one knows who he is. Oh, hang on a second. Yep, I just checked on Google, and his name is Gerard, and apparently he's somebody that Cecil grew up with, so he knows him intimately. So I think that's yes. just, that's typical Night Vale right there. Now, I wrote it down as Bansky, which I thought was like a version, you know, Night Vale version of Banksy and everything, but I mean, did you, how did you write it down? Uh, Bansky? Bans, okay. Uh, yeah. And it's Banksy is the is Banksy the real one? Isn't it funny because I always see Banksy's name in news articles, but I don't know that I've ever heard his name said out loud. I think it is Banksy. When Cecil said it, something told me that's not how it's actually pronounced. Okay, just checking. Yeah, I mean we could look this up, but there's no way to know. Why would we prepare? Um, yep. So we jump from there into the financial news and. Um, They talk about how Tesla's stock, I guess the Dow, was up because Tesla announced that they were going to triple the size of all of their cars. They're going to do it through the Wi-Fi with no respect for the laws of physics or anything else. Yeah, and it, we went to the reaction from the people at the stock market, and they were all just so happy and imagined cars three times the size, and then it just kept going, where like suddenly the entire stock market was filled with doves that carried all the investors away and then flew them across the world and dropped them this frozen lake where they grew gills and sang these quiet songs and bred a new race, and they're all so happy about Tesla. And the NASDAQ is up half a point. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> nice little bit of random weirdness in the Night Vale report today. So we jump from there to the Citizen Spotlight. It's Dana Cardinal. Which, hang on, we've done her as a Citizen Spotlight before, haven't we? Wasn't that the last yeah. time when she was, she said she was a therapist, but she wasn't exactly a licensed therapist? But there wasn't any mention made of that today, just that she's a, a therapist and she has a lot of interesting stories, but she couldn't really tell Cecil about any of them except to maybe give some anonymous anecdotes. Yeah, yeah, and the first anecdote that he tells is there's a one of her clients claims that he has a double and that this double lives out somewhere in the world in a state that she can't pronounce. And it kind of goes on for a while, but in the end she mentions that she is really traumatized by her own experience 
having a double and having to kill her double, or maybe she was the double, and I don't know. I mean, and this is all just extremely upsetting to her. Yeah, and she's seeing a therapist right now because of it. And Cecil, he gave this like weird, over-enthusiastic response about how he wished that she'd told him about it, and I couldn't tell if it was because he's on his fourth latte or if he was being sarcastic because he already knew all this had happened. Yeah, she did glare at him, so either way it wasn't appreciated, but... Um, she just said, basically, you know, that she is still trying to keep a low profile and she wants him to keep all this stuff to himself. And he said that he absolutely would keep it to himself. The only person he's told is Carlos because that's his husband. But otherwise, he's the soul of discretion. and He won't tell anybody. He says, saying it on the radio. Saying it on the radio. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So we've got a update on the murals. They're already done. There are about mm-hmm. a dozen of them, and uh, there were some descriptions, and I really want the fan artists out there to make a bunch of these. Like, there was one that was of a horse with six legs, and he's wearing a baseball cap, and the entire sky is nothing but pasta. And, <laughs> yeah, and there were some other weird ones. But then there was the one that was right outside the window where Cecil is recording and it's a black and white mural of a man sitting at a desk and you see him from behind and he's leaning forward staring out a window at a mural of a man that's sitting at a desk who's staring back at him and Cecil does not like this at all. He gets really upset about it. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't like it one single bit. Did you get the idea right away that it was actually of Cecil? Yes. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. As soon as he doesn't say who it is and that that he couldn't tell, I'm like, it's Cecil, isn't it? It's yeah, of course, Cecil. Cecil. Yeah, it's Cecil. So he goes immediately to the news, and the news is all about the university of what it is and how Dr. LaBelle is well on her way to discovering all of the secrets in Night Vale. Cecil is not impressed. One of the things that they're looking at is the pit of lost souls, which is actually a hole into the world of the dead that the city council tried to fill in at one point, but Cecil fought and managed to get it to stay open because he feels that the dead should be able to check up on us and see what we're doing. Not that they're going to come back to life or anything. He just wants them to be able to sort of vibe with everything that we're doing. And that apparently opened last week, which explains why I'd never heard of this particular Night Valian mm-hmm. phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, is that Cecil sent uh, his intern to talk to Dr. LuBell, and LuBell has already put in a report on the pit of lost souls, and she says that it is a common sinkhole, and you really should fill it in. <laughs> <laughs> so Cecil's advice to everybody is if you see Dr. Lubell, just run away as fast as possible and plug your ears and sing as loud as you can so you can't hear any of her lies. <laughs> More on the murals. Uh, there has been a new committee formed. It's the Committee of Concerned Citizens, which we can refer to as the CCC, I suppose. And they hate the murals because they feel like they're confrontational and upsetting. And they're also being painted on people's houses without permission, which I would probably have a problem with too. But they... They don't like how evocative these things are and the subject matter, and they basically gave a list of everything that would be acceptable to be included in a mural. So it's things like flowers and children and animals, cute animals, and pleasant adults and smiles, um, tools showing industry, and 
yeah, just basically a lot of stuff that is the only thing that would be okay. So they've told Banksy he needs to repaint all of them, and they're going out right now before he can do that and covering over all of the murals with paint. And one of them is the mural outside the radio station, and Cecil's kind of happy about that. Yeah, they're as they're going around, they're chanting, make better art, make better art. And I'm like, Ugh, this is getting fairly dystopian fairly quickly. But Cecil thinks it's great. So he says more on that later. And for now, we'll just go to the weather. And he does. I'm, I'm afraid I zoned out entirely on the weather this time, other than the fact that it was yeah. being sung in Spanish, I think. I actually thought it was Japanese. Oh, interesting. Okay, well, shows how much I've been paying attention in Duolingo then. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. It was very folksy, um, very pleasant, I suppose, but certainly nothing that would really reach out and grab your attention. It was Departure by M. Masaki, another reason why I think it was Japanese. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, We come back and... We find out that moments ago, the city council, CC, met with the CCC, and they've actually come to an agreement. Yes, um, Bansky is going to redo all of the murals, and of course, Bansky is very well known for being pleasant and complying with laws, (laughs) as you do, so he's already repainted a bunch of them, and there is one, I think the one outside Cecil's window is, let's see, the new mural follows all of the new rules. It's sunflowers and abundant cornfield and smiling children and they're all holding farming tools like scythes and there's like wild animals cutely crawling all over them and up above them is this winged serpent that's wrapped around all of these smiling adults and it's carrying them away to their new home in the sky so i think the ccc responded by just staring at the mural and then dropping to their knees and closing their eyes and whispering just as fast as they possibly can and cecil demonstrates it's really creepy so it apparently is very powerful art Yes, Cecil is absolutely sure that the CCC is overjoyed. So, yay. He says he loves it when our community comes together over art. And that was pretty much it. So mm-hmm. I think this is a wealth of new fan art ideas for people oh, out there. I goodness. do want to see some of these, especially that black and white one outside of Cecil's window. I really oh, do want goodness. to see that. Not just that, but the picture of Cecil staring out his window at the mural of somebody staring out their window. Oh, yeah. That could be oh, that could be creepy in so many ways. Yeah. So, other than that, um, there's not really a lot going on right now because I haven't watched any more of The Sandman. How about you? No. Um, we actually did the $3 movie thing on Saturday this weekend, and we mm-hmm. went out to see The Godfather, which I have not seen in quite a while, and I can't remember that I've ever watched it in the big theater. So that was really nice. I was going to go see Thor Love and Thunder and completely forgot. But the reason why is <laughs> I had already arranged to meet with several of my friends and they had given me the name of this place. And I've never been there before. It's in the North Park area. And I go and I park my car and I walk up to where it's supposed to be. And I texted my friend who had gotten there ahead of me. I'm like, I think I'm here, but it does not say the name of the place outside. It says it's a liquor store and a vinyl shop. And she comes to the door. She's like, yeah, this is it. Come in. It's a speakeasy. <laughs> And you can see some of the name. I'm not going to tell you what the name is, and I'll tell you why in a second. You can see some of the name is actually hidden in the neon lights outside. You just have to know to look for it. And it is so cute. It's kind of like an art deco sort of feel, uh, air-conditioned. It's been hot in San Diego. And very busy. I mean, we ended up sort of standing in a spot by the bar for like 45 minutes before we got a chance to sit down. And we got in there 
probably around like five. And by the time we left, about two hours later, there was a line outside the door, which is why I'm not telling you where it was. Uh It's it's busy (laughs) enough as is. Sorry. But honestly, I'm sure you can find it. Just Google Speakeasy North Park. But really cute. And there is actually a vinyl shop inside the Speakeasy. You can go in and they have a whole collection and they have a turntable up near the bar. And that's what's playing the music in the bar is somebody grabs, you know, whatever vinyl they want and they stick it down there and they're playing the tunes. So very cute. I love combo bars like that. Mm -hmm. I still miss the um, place we used to go to in Greensboro, Suds and Duds. It's a laundromat, but it has a bar attached to it. And that was before we had a washing machine. So we used to go there once a week and just wash our clothes. And darn it, it was before I started actually ordering drinks in bars. So I never really took full advantage of it. But it was just such a cool little place. Yeah, I love stuff like that. Really neat. So other than that, obviously, we have to make a mention of the fact that you had texted me yesterday. You're like, um, the Hugos are going on right now. Yeah, I completely forgot. I don't know why I thought it was later in September. I mean, I worked so hard to get everything read before the award ceremony. You'd think I would remember what the actual date was, but I was able to live tweet all of the results from the Binary System Podcast Twitter feed. And everything that I read this year was great. And I think all of the winners were really well-deserving. I just think it's weird that one way to know who's not going to win is if I say, you know what, I really would like it if so-and-so would win this award, because it never happens. Never. Well, I hate to tell you, when I found out that Far Sector was up for the award, I'm like, ooh, I hope Far Sector gets it. And Far Sector got it! Far Sector got it, yes. Well, it's just because... Catherine Valente was up for Best Novella, Best Novelette, and Best Short Story. And every one of those stories just, like, kicked my butt from here to Sunday. They were so powerful. I thought for sure she'd get at least one. And I thought for sure Laura Olympus would probably get the graphic novel one just because everybody's been so happy with that. Shoot, I I, forgot that they were up for it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would have liked to have Laura Olympus get it over Far Sector, but I'm really glad Far Sector got it. Because Far Sector is N.K. Jemisin. And I still haven't read that, and I really should, because I think you said that you'd read at least the first few issues and that it was excellent. I read the whole thing from beginning to end. Oh, okay, Yeah, it's a limited series, I guess. What, 12 issues? I can't remember. But yeah, it was a one-and-done story, though I think the character has been picked up into the DC universe. God knows how much that's going to continue, because it seems like things are changing at DC by the day, so I don't know. Changing at DC, changing at Netflix. I mean, everything that we thought we could count on with comic books and TV series series is kind of like up in the air. Oh man, it's exciting times. Mm. Oh, it feels bad for some of these creators. I saw a tweet the other day. It's like a, if you're called into the WB to talk about a project that's been approved for you, try and make sure there's not already plastic sheeting laid out on the floor. And I'm like, oh dear. <laughs> Gracious. Yeah, I think someone was pointing out um, HBO Max dumping a whole bunch of content. I mean, whatever they say it's about, what it really means is that they can scrub all that stuff from everywhere so that you can't get it, so nobody has to be paid royalties or you know hmm. their fees anymore, which is kind of sucky, but I hope yeah. we... Because everything changes so fast. Who knows what you know the next few months is going to be like for everybody. So I have a question for you. I don't know if you've heard about this. So my friend Wade has watched most of the first season of America. American Gods. Mm-hmm. And he asked me, you know, 
is there anything else after that? I'm like, oh yeah, there's like a second season. I never watched it because the showrunners left. He's like, are you sure? Because Stars only has the one season. And I'm like, um, and I Google it. I'm like, oh dude, they have three seasons. Yeah, that's what I thought. Stars is only carrying the first season. And I have actually found like Reddit threads and people being like, Okay, so there's three seasons of this show. Why does Stars only have one? And somebody got a response from a customer service agent who's like, oh, yes, currently we only have the one season. We don't know if the other two seasons will ever be carried by Stars. I'm like, what's happening? That's weird. Because the showrunner changed between the first season and the second and third ones, right? Yeah, yeah so, but I think it was still carried. I think it was still a Stars property as far as I know. That is so weird because something yeah. like that makes me think a licensing thing, like the fact that a lot of times you can't get the Twin Peaks original pilot episode oh, with yeah. all of the other episodes just because yeah. of a difference in licensing. But the fact that it was all done through stars from the very start, that's just weird. That's strange. Really strange. I don't know. Anyway. Hollywood. Who knows? <laughs> but I guess it's going to wrap us up for the week, so make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the photo galleries. Still have you know, a lot of convention photos. Hopefully, I just talked to Alex this weekend. He's like, I'm really sorry. I just haven't been home lately. Also, with Alex and his San Diego Comic-Con photos, Alex actually takes film shots a lot of the time, so he had to get that stuff developed. So it's just like adding a whole entire extra step in the process, mm-hmm. and then another reason for why his photos always look so amazing, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Really good, so hopefully we'll get that soon. I also, if you want to have a fun read, so our movie reviewer, Hugh, you are familiar with our movie reviewer, Hugh, from Instagram, and he actually, on a whim, watched February's Moonfall which is actually the same director who did the sequel to Independence Day Mm -hmm. um, and is known for doing very bombastic popcorn flicks. And this one was about, I don't know, something that's happened and the moon is going to crash into the planet and Halle Berry is there to try and save the day. Hugh gave it an F. Oh, Ah, that yeah, is yeah. really unusual for Hugh because yeah. he will he loves movies and he yes. will give a movie every chance. I want to say we watched the Red Letter Media uh, review of that. Oh, because I think it sounded pretty dreadful. So the yeah. fact that he gave it an F, hmm, yeah. So I guess there's some concurrence there. Yeah, I think there is. Hugh's like definitely the most forgiving movie reviewer we have ever had on this site, and he was not happy. Well, it's um, nice to know what to definitely avoid. Yeah, that's great. Won't waste my time. Thanks. No. Nope. Also, as the time of this recording, I had just got a post from Leland of uh, Lost in Sci-Fi and Spookeasy Podcast, and he actually went to the Star Trek event in Las Vegas. Um, it's taken him a bit to write it up because he said he was not impressed. So I'm like, oh, that's I a know. Shame. Yeah, I know there were a lot of big names there, but I think he said something about a lot of microtransactions going on. So hard to say because if Hugh is our most forgiving reviewer, I would say Leland's probably one of our least forgiving. So. Yes, I think that's accurate. <laughs> Yeah, so keep an eye out for that. All that and more, pixeladygeek.com. So next week we're going to have Laura Olympus. I have been avoiding reading the next... I could pay the fast pass for the next episode right now, but I'm avoiding it because I want to read two at one time. But oh my God, we left with 
this, yeah, this episode's out for anybody to read right now. The most recent episode, spoilers, ended with Demeter marching through the night looking really pissed off. And we're like, oh, what's going to happen? Is she going to do something to Kor? Oh, no. I, I don't know. I don't know what she's going to do to try to, quote, protect her daughter. Oh, which um, Yeah, but I mean, the fact that Persephone is now the freaking queen of the underworld, I hope gives her some leverage against her mother now. Jeez, here's hoping. But we will talk about that and any other nerd thing that crosses our path. So one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later. 